My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. And I'm Retro Ray. And this is where we talk all things Star Wars. And wow, what a weekend. It's a Labor Day. We're, we made it to September, Ray. How do you feel? Man, it's just going by fast, dude. Before we knew it, the new year is going to be here. It's crazy. So yeah, August went by equally as fast as July, I think. And we're halfway through Ahsoka after tomorrow's episode. It's Labor Day in the U.S. So if you're watching us, it's a special Monday podcast. But Dragon Con happened. Galaxy Con happened. Um, some breaking news just happened right before we uh, did some uh, some research for the show here. I know everyone's looking at the title of the episode, uh, Skeleton Crew Severe Delay. Um, so my understanding is that there was already delay. Skeleton Crew was going to be pushed back to 2024, but apparently there's been more confirmation. But before we get into that, I definitely want to recognize all of our top tier patrons on the purple tier, brand new to our Patreon, uh, Darth Ace One, Liam Callan, Texas Vader 76, Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Dev McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Fenrir 526, Maya Morris, and on the black tier, we have Maka, Tautala, Nathan Shank, and Evan O'Paker. Thank you so much to you guys for awesome support. But yeah, we want to get uh, get to this interesting news, and this comes straight from Bespin Bulletin. And I'm going to read the story here, and it seems like we have further confirmation that Skeleton Crew is going to be dropped back into 2024. And unfortunately, we don't know what date. But this is the article. Um the live-action Star Wars Disney Plus series created by John Watts, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Christopher Ford, Spider-Man Homecoming was set to release towards the tail end of this year. But from what they've been hearing from sources, the series has been delayed to 2024. Skeleton Crew began filming in the summer of 2022 and wrapped in January-February of this year with a planned release for later in the year. Originally, they had heard that the series was aiming to release in November or December this year, which is what I think everyone's been kind of getting through the grapevine. Um, in December, uh, there was something that was mentioned. Um, November, December uh, this year, something I mentioned in the past article months before one of the actors in the series, Jaleel White, who we all know from Family Matters, uh, confirmed that Skeleton Crew was looking to release at the time I had mentioned. Uh, as months went by, I kept hearing that a late November release was on the cards, and I was gearing up to release this information around three weeks ago. That was until they started hearing rumblings of a delay. Since then, sources have informed that the Skeleton Crew Disney Plus TV show has been delayed until an unknown time in 2024, which is crazy. Uh, due to the actor strike, writer strikes, I mean, this is all kind of expected but we just don't know now in 2024 when skeleton crew is officially going to drop uh bestman bulletin has spent the the last couple of weeks attempting to gather more information but didn't get much outside of its apparent delay one person they spoke with mentioned that the series could be delayed by an entire year 
which would be horrible. Looking at a November 2024 release, but they could not get that information confirmed by a second source. Uh, so they do not uh, want to take this as a possible window as a fact, but is it is a possibility. I mean, with the ongoing strike for the actors and writers, it's um, we just don't know when everything's where, where all the, the chips are really going to fall. Uh, one source mentioned to Best of Bulletin that the current schedule of Star Wars live action content is in flux and fluid due to this ongoing SAG after and WGA strikes, which means other series planned for 2024, such as the Acolyte, the High Republic era uh, series created by Russian dolls Leslie Headland, a series I've heard Lucasfilm are confident in, which I'm confident in too, because we were in London for Star Wars Celebration in Europe, and that trailer was awesome. It looked like a like a fully baked Star Wars TV show. Um, they go on to state, uh, we know thanks to comments from Android creator Tony Gilroy that the series was aiming to release in August of 2024, but that release is now uncertain and likely delayed, probably until 2025, they'd imagine. Andor paused production shortly after the SAG after strike began, but only had a few weeks left to film, according to reports. The Acolyte they had previously heard was aiming to release in the second quarter of 2024, but this now seems unlikely. I expect a delay for the Acolyte, but nowhere near as significant as the one for Skeleton Crew might have. Uh, however, they've heard that The Mandalorian Season 4 was due to release in 2025. Uh, this was before both strikes. And they're still here in 2025 for the fourth season. So Mando season four seems to be still on target. The various Star Wars series uh, are not on the only shakeup that's happening at Disney Plus as the streaming service has delayed multiple Marvel Studio series. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the series impacted included Echo, the Hawkeye spinoff series, which was due to, uh, to release all episodes on November 29th, will now release sometime in January 2024. Additionally, Marvel have delayed Agatha, uh, Darkhold Diaries, formerly Agatha Coven of Chaos, uh, from a late 2023 release until the early fall of next year, which feels more fitting for a release window. Following Loki Season 2's upcoming October release, Marvel Studios' next two series set to release will be animated, the second season of What If, uh, as well as uh, X-Men 97, which is due to release uh, early 2024. Marvel Studios' uh, planned live-action series originally set to release in 2024, including Daredevil, Born Again, Ironheart, and Wonder Man, have all been indefinitely delayed. Uh, Lucasfilm and Disney, of course, currently have Ahsoka airing, which is a spinoff of The Mandalorian, and an a successor to the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Uh, the series has received positive reactions from critics and fans alike. Star Wars fans should make the most of the live-action series, as it might be significant uh, to the amount of time until the next one hits our screens and that's what i'm thinking too it's like we really have to appreciate ahsoka here currently so what are your thoughts on that article and and what about the news of skeleton crew being maybe pushed back an entire year i mean we were expecting pretty much some stuff's going to get pushed back because of the writer strike and actor strike now there's rumors now talking about the gaming voice actors strike as well um I think that's going to put a lot of things behind because you got to think about it. Let's say they agree to sign and come back next week. We're already six months, be six months behind for them to even get caught up. That's even if we sign up by next week and they agree on something. 
the longer they do this, it's the further we're going to be behind. Because now you're going to be playing catch up just to fill what you were working on and not existing projects that they're were planned for. You know what I mean? It It's going to hurt us pretty, pretty bad. But at the same time, we want to make sure, you know, the actors and the writers get what they deserve. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, we're not going to have the content we want. But at the same time, I feel they deserve what they need to get. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're still kind of in that weird purgatory situation with the with the strike. It feels like it feels like there have been talks, but they haven't been significant. And um, there's still not an agreement on on what they what they are trying to get accomplished here. Um, And it seems like Star Wars for the films, for the theaters, seem like a really, really far just the time work, uh, the, the the whole framework for the for the productions and for these films to actually drop in theaters seems like it's going to be pushed back maybe even years. So mm-hmm. we constantly get these promised dates um, all the way back to the investor call. I think it was twenty twenty. I want to say twenty twenty three. It's hard to remember now. Twenty three, twenty five, twenty seven. And then, of course, everything else under the Disney umbrella is getting pushed back, including Avatar. And we all know Disney wants Avatar to really kind of stand alone when it does drop every other December, which is what I think James Cameron is planning. But it just seems it it seems like any date that they announce any just like any director they announce, we really can't get too excited because uh, those two pieces of information can change on the fly any given day. And we're just kind of in a weird status right now. Yeah. Big time. And skeleton crew looks, looks like it's like, it could be really good. The the trailer at, at star Wars celebration Europe was interesting. It was very dark. It was very kind of Amblin esque. Um, and it was a bunch of, it was a bunch of, 12-year-old and under kids uh, look like heading up the project there, being the main actors. We did see some Jude Law in there. We did see a few adults, and we and we saw one of the pirates from The Mandalorian Season 3 in there. Um, and I, it's, it's, it's weird, because I really can't remember that trailer all too much. I remember how dark it was, and how much night shots were actually shown in the trailer, which was kind of interesting. So... Yeah, Skeleton Crew could be delayed for about a year. So you think that trailer that you got to see at Star Wars Celebration, we're not going to see it till way later then? Who knows if we'll ever see it. it <laughs> Lucasfilm does a weird thing where they'll keep stuff like just locked away and hidden. There's a whole Star Wars archive that we've never seen before. And every time they release something new, there's a little piece of it inserted into whatever new documentary or special feature that we get that special documentary uh the special features for episode nine there was so much footage we had never seen before for the original trilogy in that documentary it was it was very strange but that's the way lucasfilm likes to likes to do it i guess putting your I don't know, shareholder cap on you think okay well if they keep on doing that every time they release a different version of physical media or the movie 
I guess maybe only on physical media, maybe digital too. They can show some new stuff, so more people will actually put the money down to buy the stuff. So, yeah, that is true. That. Yeah. So Zach, one of our uh, patrons says, "I am really hoping the strike that could happen for video game voice and motion actors does not change the release of Spider-Man Two for the PS5." Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Um, yeah. I think there's actually. I think the graphics artists are unionizing and they might go on strike. Um, I'm not too sure if everyone's familiar, but Marvel has been, I think everyone's familiar with the fact that Marvel's dropping a whole bunch of projects, TV shows and movies. And that puts a huge, a huge burden and a lot of pressure on these graphic artists to get these shots done and locked. And, a lot of them have been speaking up saying that the conditions are not that great. They're uh, pretty much horrible. And uh, the deadlines are, are just almost impossible to meet. And it sounds like these graphic artists are working like round the clock, like 12 hour days, working on weekends, working on holidays to get these shots in, which I love CGI. I love VFX. But I mean, at the cost of people's health. Yeah, that's that's no good. You can't you can't keep on doing that. I mean, so Liam just... McCallion asked a really interesting question. One of our patrons, uh, how are people surviving by striking this long? Hope they get a deal soon. What were we going to say, Ray? No, I was just going to say it just means maybe we're going to have to go back to the old fashioned, you know, effects where they create the ships and models. And, you know, because you think about it, it is putting stress on them because if especially the farther and farther they fall behind. Now they're having to pick up all these late projects and trying to meet this deadline for what they're behind on, you know, try to get that done faster to push it out faster. And then, you know, it's, don't get me wrong. I mean, especially CGI is great, but I still like the the mixture of a combination of both. You know what I mean? Or, you know, like, you know, perfect example is Blue Beetle. Because of budget, they didn't use a lot, a lot of CGI. I mean, they use CGI, but not, a lot, lot. I mean, they used, you know, like, you know, Jaime's suit was really not half of a suit. It was a whole suit they actually used. And then CGI, the rest compared to like Iron Man, you know, he would have half the suit on and we would see the top part and then they put the rest in later. So he didn't really wear the full suit in scenes. It was just part of the suit. So, I mean, it kind of makes a big difference. I mean, why can they do half and half? I mean, I understand it's maybe, I don't know if it'll save them money or cost more money, but that's my theory. Yeah, it feels like the more and more that time passes, practical effects, that whole art form is kind of dying out slowly. But like The Force Awakens, when Star Wars essentially came back in 2015, there was a mix of practical and CGI. Um, and being the fan, and I think being in our Star Wars bubble, it feels like the push for more practical effects was there. And I kind of wondered back in 2014, it's was was Lucasfilm maybe gonna go back to mostly practical? But of course, doing those like aerial shots with the X-wings in upper atmosphere and uh over Starkiller Base um would be very hard to do practically. And yeah, like I said, that art form is kind of lost and and going back to the special editions george lucas went back and he he added some cgi shots in that were just impossible to do 
back in back in the early 70s and early 80s um so i love practical um growing up i didn't like it uh, i was like okay the future is cgi and i kind of there's a time and point where i wanted to be a cga artist in high school i was like man this is the future it looks so great but the example that i have had was jurassic park jurassic yeah. park still holds up but a lot of people don't know the, the 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 detail and the history behind Jurassic Park. The reason why Jurassic Park looks so good was because that was the only thing going. That CGI artist had all the time in the world to concentrate to perfect it. There was no real like hard set like we know you can finish this in this amount of time. It was a brand new frontier, so they could actually say no, no, no. We need this much time, and we can make it look realistic. So you go back and watch Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park looks better than Jurassic World. And that's it, the reasoning because they had the time to perfect the shots and they yeah. gave them the time. And they were just so blown away by that. They were like, oh my gosh, this is the future. But it really hasn't been the future because they're rushing out these films and they're not giving the artists time enough to, to perfect the shots. And I know Marvel is suffering from that. I, I kind of wonder sometimes what Kevin Feige's thinking. Like, he spread so thin between the TV shows and movies that it's just kind of a shame at this point that that they can make seriously great content, but they're they're just getting spread way too thin. So Liam McCallion asked the question, how are people surviving by striking this long? Hope they get a deal soon. So I think all these actors that uh, are being affected by the strike, they all have other jobs as well. Um, I think they're not just on the picket line. Um, they're waiters, waitresses. Um, they work retail. Um, most of these people are just, they have multiple jobs. Like myself, I have multiple jobs. Um, Same here. And I don't really count the podcast as a job, even though I guess the IRS looks at it that way. But um, but yeah, um, I think in today's economy and inflation and everything costs more expensive the longer you live it's uh it's a, it's a tough deal um and things change things evolve so yeah i'm i'm lucky enough to where my one day job can actually pay the bills pay the basic bills and everything but if i want to do anything fun like going to celebration or even thinking about going to celebration, I need a second job to in order to pay for all that fun stuff on the side. So, um, yeah, that's where I live right now. But yeah, um, all these people that strike, I think, have other jobs. And but in the '90s and '80s, shows that they were on would go into syndication, and uh, they would go to like Nick at Night on Nickelodeon. They would go to USA or whatever, whatever company or our uh, broadcast uh, station would uh, want to buy the shows and then pay those actors residual. So they get a check every month. Right now their checks every month are like pennies on the dollar, really. Um, yeah. Some of these actors will show their checks and they're like 75 cents or like $2 a month for things they had done. Uh, some of these writers are getting criminally under underpaid um, and they're hardly getting anything. So, it's just in the laws the uh, stuff has changed uh, dramatically uh, the way we consume all of our contents through streaming. These streaming services don't want to release their numbers. Um, but back in the day when there was cable, everyone had cable. Now 
less than 50% of the population in America has any type of cable package now. So it's, um, it's totally different. So yeah, when the streaming, I think the streaming really changed the industry big time. Um, I used to talk to a buddy of mine when I worked in the hospital and I told him, I was like, it's going to be a streaming war because it's going to be basically who's going to put out the best content. They're going to want your money. So they're going to try to put as many movies out. So if you don't have Hulu or you don't have Disney, you're going to have to subscribe to it. If you want to watch these, you know, this content compared to before from back in the day when Disney was putting out these movies, it was whoever in the cable industry was willing or network was willing to pay Disney. Hey, we're going to pay you this much money to allow us to show your show on cable TV. And of course they'll get residuals, of course, depending if it's actually, you know, commercial free commercials, you know, um, so that changed the whole industry. So, and that's what I told my buddy. I was like, it's going to be, who's going to win the streaming war is what I had told him at that time. And, because they were going into a, a part of um, kind of, we'll say, galaxy unknown. Because a lot of people were like, oh, streaming service may not go. Because who's going to want to fork out $15 a month for a streaming service? If they're already paying 100 and something dollars for cable, you know what I mean? So it was that question of who's going to do it. And in reality, it was kind of a perfect storm because then you had COVID hit. So people wanted to see that content and then you know we got netflix putting out stranger things and we got you know disney putting out mandalorian so it was kind of that whole thing you know who's going to get what so now we're in that situation where they're rushing to put out this all this content and don't get it wrong you know amazon prime is a perfect example you know netflix is they're putting all this stuff out but not all the stuff they're putting out is hitting the, you know, the, the bar. Some of the stuff is coming up short and yeah, they do have some shows that are, you know, gaining fans like stranger things, um, which was kind of sad about Amazon prime that, you know, the Lord of the Rings prequel didn't do as well as it should have been. But at the same time, if you're rushing out to put content, you're not taking the time to make it right. So it's kind of one of those catch 22s. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, Zach also writes, uh, I'd hope this video start to see how much money they're losing for the lack of content coming out due to the strike. Ideally, that would lead to some changes uh, to get the strike stopped. So some of these studios, though, have a lot of stake in reality TV, which is kind of weird because I think probably all of those TV shows, all of those reality TV shows have writers, even though it's reality TV, it's, it's really kind of scripted still. So yeah, you would think that th there would be more put on them to strike a deal here. Um, but yeah, I, it seems like they're kind of content at this point. Um, and, and funny enough, I mean, we're talking about the streaming wars here. I just canceled Netflix like an hour ago because I mean, I'm trying to save money and it's what, like $20, $30. I don't know how much we're paying, but we're paying for the, the ultra HD. Um, I don't think we're really sharing. We're, we're doing the family profiles. I'm not sure what the, the specifics are on, on Netflix, but I do know it jumped up a lot in price and I rarely watch it. I mean, I'll watch it when I'm not busy and that's rarely ever. And 
my wife and my kids are like, yeah, we really don't watch it. They're essentially waiting for Stranger Things, I think. So luckily right now with these streaming platforms, we can cancel and then re-up whenever we feel like. But the future might turn into something like a one-year, two-year contract type of situation. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be not great. But uh, yeah, apparently that's what the future looks like. Uh, Grease Outpost uh, says, "All I see is a deal is um, all I see is a deal is met and ticket prices and all go way up. We are going to end up eating the cost. Uh, the studios are still going to make sure they get theirs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is a business. Um, they got to make money. Um, everything that we buy, all the merchandise and stuff, it's the studios and the whoever owns it. They're paying." dollars compared to the the tens of dollars or hundreds of dollars that we pay for the stuff that we have so you gotta look at it that way too they, they gotta make a profit um and there was actually a deal that bob Iger tried to strike did you did you read up on that or did no, I, I didn't hear about it no i didn't hear about that one there was something that disney attempted i'm trying to remember exactly what it was and then the other party denied them. Maybe someone in the chat knows about that. Um, Zach says, I have a movie subscription pass for $19.95 a month for a max of 12 movies if used right. Hopefully uh, the price doesn't hike up. Yeah, it seems like everything's going to devolve back into having cable again. I actually cut the cord back in 2015. And... Um, I think it was due to my reignited obsession with Star Wars. And I was listening to a podcast and I was reading stuff and I was like, I just don't have time for cable anyways. And the cable pricing got to something like $200, $250, $300 if you wanted every room to have a DVR, their own DVR. Yep. Plus to get the proper sports channels you wanted, it just got insane. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's yeah. the thing about cable is that that's the reason why we cut the we cut the quarters because the only shows we were really watching were at that time was sci-fi, was the Food Network. I remember. What's up? I remember what happened. So apparently, um, if you have Spectrum, Spectrum didn't reach a deal with Disney. So if you have Spectrum cable, I, be, I believe Spectrum or Charter, you lost all the Disney channels, including ABC, FX, ESPN, you don't ha- you can't watch them because Dang. they didn't strike a deal with Disney. Disney wanted more money than Spectrum was willing to give them. Yeah, and that's the thing too that we were having issues like that. You know, like you're going to lose it. I, I think it was even like Fox Sports at one time that you know if Spectrum didn't sign the deal or Dish Dish Network, you're going to lose you know Fox Sports. So you're going to use it, it was just constant stuff like that going on at the time when we cut our streaming services. I mean, our, our cable services, because it was the same thing, too. Like, we weren't watching all 120-something channels. We were only watching certain certain networks, you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, in my thing was, why can't it be, like, where you can pick, okay, I want that network, that network, that network, and I just pay for those networks that I actually watch and not these other 80 channels that I don't watch, you know what I mean? when they came out with the streaming services, it was kind of perfect because it was like, okay, they have all the shows that we kind of watch as well in syndication that you don't need to go buy the seasons on DVD to watch them from the beginning to current. So it was kind of that perfect thing. You know, you can 
start watching Smallville from season one again to season 10 because they have all of it there and you don't need a DVR to do it to record them. So it was kind of one of those things. It was just like, okay, let's cut the cord, you know, but it'd be weird if, you know, it gets to the point where you end up having to go back to cable. I just have a feeling that the streaming service will become cable. Yeah. It's, it's slowly devolving. Like I said, into cable and it's just bad for the consumer, but yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we wanted to talk about the character of Maroc. Uh, we heard his name pronounced by Shin Hati as Maroc, almost like a Moroccan. Uh, I think we'd all been saying Merrick uh, the whole entire time. But it sounds like, unless it's one of those names like in Star, like what Star Wars does with like Han Solo, Han Solo, <laughs> Leia, Leah. I mean... Maybe it's that. It probably is. It's Star Wars. But anyways, I'm just going to pronounce it how Shin pronounced it. So Maroc, uh, there's been a lot of discussion uh, since the very beginning on who this character actually is. Did Filoni do this to us on purpose and cover the face to make us kind of maybe wonder who it is under the mask? Could it be Ezra? Could it be <laughs> um, Could it be Barris Afi? Could it be... Uh, possibly Starkiller, because uh, we all saw Sam Witwer's name in the credits. Could it be him? Could it be? Could it be a clone version of Luke? Could it be um, Cal Kestis from from the video games? I mean, so many people have so many different theories. Um, but there's an article out there that I want to read uh, about his identity, and I'll put his picture back up here so you can study it again. Um, so this is from Screen Rant, and this article is kind of interesting because I don't necessarily agree with it, but it is something to think about, uh, and they might be onto something else. Uh, so the title of the article on Screen Rant is Barack's Identi- Identity Mystery Repeats a Star Wars Mistake Disney Made Eight Years Ago. So the article states the identity of Maroc is the big mystery through Ahsoka episodes one through three, but unfortunately that risks repeating some mistakes from the Star Wars sequels. Although he has only had brief screen time so far, the theories about who Maroc is have already dominated discourse surrounding the show. Is he Ezra Bridger? Turn to the dark side? Is he Starkiller? Return to canon? And Colin will love this. Is he Max Rebo having a major career change after Return of the Jedi? Whether Barack's identity will be revealed sooner than later, or if it could even wait until the Mandalorian movie or Ahsoka season two, should it happen, remains to be seen. But for however long the character remains hidden by a mask, then the question of just who he really is and whether he's anyone we know at all is going to dominate the show. Unfortunately, that's a problem. Uh, By putting Barack safely inside a mystery box, Ahsoka has effectively turned him into Schrodinger's inquisitor until he takes off that helmet he could be absolutely anyone or no one that said maroc is played by paul darnell and ahsoka's cast who i I think i mentioned before in a previous podcast he was actually henry cavill's stuntman that was used in superman and a lot of what henry cavill does like the witcher i believe um so yeah paul darnell uh which does suggest uh the options have been narrowed down to male characters at least ruling out the likes of Mara Jade and Barris Afi. Otherwise, though, it's all still on the table, which is exactly what Star Wars The Force Awakens did with both Rey and Supreme Leader Snoke. 
Ray and Snoke were both introduced in The Force Awakens as mysteries, which inevitably led to a lot of theories about who they really were. Much like with Maroc, that centered around either their connections to pre-existing characters or actually being them. Ray's parentage theories ran the full gamut. Obi-Wan's granddaughter, Han Solo's secret love child, Anakin Skywalker reborn, somehow a descendant of Jyn Erso, and so on. There were fewer options with Snoke, but that didn't stop a lot of people being utterly convinced he was a second coming of Darth Plagueis the Wise, which was my favorite theory. It's the same deal with Maroc, uh, and means there's lots of focus on who the character might be, rather who they actually are and what they're doing. This is not to say the theories surrounding Maroc's identity are definitely wrong, far from it. In a, in a world where somehow Palpatine returned and had a granddaughter who became an all-powerful Jedi, nothing is really ever off the table. Maroc being Starkiller is plausible. There's even Starkiller's helmet in Andor, suggesting the character exists in canon. It's not too difficult to work. It's not too difficult to work it so that Darth Vader's former apprentice ended up continuing in, in Imperial service. But is that a good thing? Yes, it adds to Star Wars canon, but the twist would be about servicing longtime fans, and even then, only the subset of who love the Force Unleashed, not a Soka story. It would be a meaningless twist, not only to large swaths of the audience who have no idea who Starkiller is, but also to the central characters, most of whom also have little to no connection to him. So, Ray, what do you think about all that? Um, it kind of takes us back to the first Star Wars and then Empire Strikes Back. You know, the only thing we know is, you know, we Vader behind the mask. You know, we only saw the back of his head. We never saw his face. You know, we get the mention that, you know, in Empire Strikes Back, like, I'm your father, Luke. We don't know who his father is at the time. And then in Return of the Jedi is when we get the reveal of the helmet coming off and who he is. I mean, it got me thinking the more and more I kept on seeing this on the internet. What if they do that to us kind of like Star Wars? We get him in the helmet this whole time and we don't see him out of the helmet till the Mandalorian movie. You know what I mean? And we just, it's going to keep us wanting. And that question too, I saw that pop up from a Facebook user, you know, the whole taskmaster thing, you know, that one was a different, yeah, <laughs> that was its own thing in itself. But I mean, it, it leaves us fans doing this. What if through the whole time until we get to find out who this person is? You know, and how long can the secret stay? Yeah, yeah, it's great for the fandom, all the speculation, all the theories, I mean, all the talk on podcasts. Um, yeah, I mean, back in 2014, when we we're all speculating about Supreme Leader Snoke, who he was, and we finally saw the movie, we saw him. And then there was like some like confirmed leaks that he was Plagueis. And that ran rampant through the internet. And okay, we're, we're like, okay, we're expecting to see Darth Plagueis in the film wasn't Plagueis. And then there was that whole exchange at Comic-Con between Lawrence Kasdan and a fan where the fan asked the question directly to Lawrence Kasdan, will we be seeing Darth Plagueis? And then the way Lawrence Kasdan answered that question was like he was playing dumb. And that made me like really believe that Plagueis was going to be in The Force Awakens. So, yeah, I mean, it could be anything. Um and of course, he could be no one. I mean, you could take the field and be like, I told you so, you know? I mean, it just could be another Inquisitor that has his, his face covered. No, I'm, there... just 
throw this out there. It's yeah, gonna, go for it's it. It's going to sound... <laughs> okay, if you're a Family Matters fan and you're a Steve Urkel fan... <laughs> What if, okay, he's in what is supposed to be an uh skeleton crew, skeleton crew, right? Yeah, what if he's a Jedi in skeleton crew or and becomes an evil Jedi and that helmet comes off and he says, Did I do that? You know what I mean? I know it sounds <laughs> dumb, but dude, you don't know with Star Wars. I'm pretty they... sure Filoni's gonna work in a Family Matters Easter egg in skeleton crew somehow, <laughs> some way, yeah, so, or the phrase that he would say or something like that. I mean. <laughs> There are like heavy, heavy rumors right now online indicating that the next episode of Ahsoka, episode four, which will be the halfway point in the the, the season, is gun going to give us a lot of insight on Morocco, and we're finally going to know exactly who this character is. Potentially, that's that's the big rumor online. Apparently someone posted something about episode three and apparently their predictions were correct. And this person predicted, okay, we're, we're probably going to have a Moroc heavy episode for episode four. So it's just rumors. We don't know. It's unconfirmed. Um, so I don't really consider that a spoiler, but I mean, apparently that guy was, was kind of right in, in the previous episode, but yeah, I mean, like I've been saying all along, I trust in Filoni and Filoni. I trust whatever he decides to do. It's probably for the long game and not for the short term. So I have no problem with that. So Grease Outpost says, um, it being Barris would make sense and bring it full circle. As she's the big reason why Soka is where she is now. Yeah, that's true. If you watched Clone Wars, uh, you can see that whole arc where she essentially, I guess, spoilers for Clone Wars. She framed Ahsoka, which led her to leave the Order and distrusting the Jedi. And I think fans have been speculating for a long time that Barriss Hoffey was going to come back in a major way. It hasn't happened yet, and of course it's Dave writing the show. So you'd figure that Barriss might be in a Dave-centric show episode. Yeah. And this upcoming episode is directed by Peter Ramsey. And uh, he actually confirmed... I guess quasi confirmed because somebody posted the runtime of tomorrow night's episode, uh, which is great. We're going to get an Ahsoka episode tomorrow night. Um, and he gave, I think like a fist pump emoji or something. Uh, and he agreed with the uh, speculated runtime, which is between the lower, the higher thirties and lower forties. And we're not sure if that includes credits in there. So, yeah. <laughs> this uh facebook user says it's canaan people survive worse than explosions yeah that's possible i mentioned that because if you watched walking dead i mean come on if you saw <laughs> if you watched walking dead and you saw the one scene when you see glenn you think he's going to get eaten by the zombies yeah and then he ends up surviving i mean i mean it's not an explosion but and then you wait in next week's episode it shows you how he survived the zombie you know fall you know in the dumpster thing and all that I mean, I don't know. I'm going to stick with, I think it's Kanan. I think it's Kanan. I think he survived. And they did something to him and he went to the dark side. I don't know. That's my theory. That's my theory. Yeah. It's possible. This Facebook user says, De Urkel. <laughs> yeah, somehow Kanan came back. 
I thought that was interesting. That, that was an interesting idea, maybe to use uh, some type of Canaan type clone or something of that magnitude. Uh, True. As, as to be. Yeah, but then you got to explain why he's evil. But I think that's that's not that much of a reach because in the Thrawn books, like someone pointed out in the comics, that you had the evil clone of Luke, essentially, which was called Luuk, which is rather interesting i guess it's kind of grown on me after the the few decades that have passed but <laughs> yeah so the next thing i think we want to talk about here um well i just mentioned a little bit about the uh, the ahsoka episode four runtime looks like peter ramsey's kind of confirmed that it's in the lower 40s um so what are you expecting out of out of this episode four for ahsoka directed by peter ramsey i'm hoping that we get some more explanation. I want a flashback scene. I don't know if I want it now or wait till Filoni does it. Um, but some type of flashback scene. I mean, because like I said, you know, we need some explanations for fans to know who didn't watch Clone Wars, you know, about Jason. Um, more story behind Sabine and Ahsoka. Maybe when they were training in the past or I would love the training with Anakin and Ahsoka. That's what I would really, really want. Um, but right now, it's hard to say. From what we got left off, I mean, I think with how much time we have left, I just feel we can't see them fight right away. We got to lead up towards the ending. So I feel we got to have one of these. This episode, I feel, is going to be the flashback episode. Because I think if Filoni's directing the next episode, that's when we're going to get the big something coming out, the big reveal. So I think this may be the flashback filler episode, maybe. But that's my theory. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that they're going to do the Star Wars TV show thing that they've been doing all along. And they're going to give us all the marketing shots and commercials and trailers in the first half of the season. So everything that we've seen in that promotion that we haven't seen yet, we're probably going to get it in this episode. And then everything going forward is going to be brand new. So you ask yourself, what haven't we seen? We haven't seen Maroc and Ahsoka fight in the woods. That was something that gave us where he's actually spinning the, the Inquisitor uh, double-bladed lightsaber. Uh, we haven't seen shin and sabine fight in the woods either and i think that's something else we got and now with episode three leaving off the way it did it left us with essentially the start of a jedi or a i guess to, i mean i guess it's incorrect to say jedi hunt but apparently that's that's what it is um ahsoka and sabine are going to be hunted i think in this episode and it feels like we're going to get a lot of action now going back to what you're saying about the flashback stuff it's possible that we get some flashback stuff maybe during the fight during the chase that's possible i think the popular belief is that next episode when feloni writes directs he, he wrote the entire show but he's going to direct next next episode we're going to get some big time stuff and i think we're going to get flashbacks for sure and probably some world between world stuff i think maybe there is a doorway on that planet i believe it's called Cetos, uh the 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 red leafed the red tree planet that they're on 
Um, and we're going to get some World Between Worlds action stuff that we, we've been promised via the show logo. So I'm bracing for that. Um, I think this next episode is going to be good. But I think episode five is the one that uh, we're all going to basically eat our popcorn for. So. <laughs> Yeah, so Grease Outpost, Outpost also says, uh, would love to see him come back, but but uh, wouldn't be Freddie Prince. Uh, the build of the actor is too small. No, I think Freddie Prince is actually a decently sized guy. I think he's... Uh, I know Sorry. Freddie Prince, uh, he, he's, he's um, a martial artist, and I think he keeps in shape. I think he's a big dude. I don't think he's small by any, by any means, um, but not as big as maybe the actor that's playing Maroc, but Maroc doesn't look that big. No, he kind of doesn't look build. as big as Balin. Yeah, no, he has a build kind of like Kanan did in the, the animated yeah. series. Sign, you know what I mean? He's not built, but he's kind of lanky. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So someone just made a Star Trek reference, <laughs> which I'm not sure if I'm going to read. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, the, if you watch Nemesis, Star Trek Nemesis, Tom Hardy played. Um, I guess spoilers for Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> um, or forget that. I don't care if I spoil Star Trek for you. Um, yeah, uh, Tom Hardy played the clone of Picard, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Very skinny Tom Hardy. Very young, very skinny Tom Hardy. So... Yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, they could go that route. But of course, Star Trek's already done it. So we've already kind of seen it. And I don't want Star Wars copying Star Trek in any way. I love Star Trek. and nothing against it. But it's just one of those things. And this Facebook user says, uh, don't worry. Whatever happens, people will probably complain. That is true. I think instead of probably, I think he meant to just leave that word out. So <laughs> people will complain. But yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the speculation and the fandom. Um, there's some people that really complain, kind of go overboard on it. But I mean, we all have our own opinions, thoughts, dreams, wishes on what Star Wars would do. And, yeah. uh, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of discussion, which is great. I think. And Grease Alpo says, uh, I mean, Maroc is small. So if it was Kanan, it wouldn't be Prince. Oh yeah. Yeah, Definitely. There are, I think I actually have a picture of Maroc, unless I deleted it. Um, the guy that plays Maroc, I think I might have deleted it. We're running out of room here for pictures, but. Yeah, anything's on the table. Anything can happen. Yeah. Um, so. This Facebook user says, I just hope Ahsoka smiles. I'm trying no, to I, think back. I don't think she's does she smile a single time in the show? When she was in the Clone Wars, she did and and Star Wars Rebels. Well, not even Star Wars Rebels. Towards the end of Star Wars Rebels, she didn't really have I think it was because she was fighting to survive. You know what I mean? So she was adapting to being hunted, you know, by the um the characters. And um trying to remember the name off the top of my head. It was the um, Sir Michelle's Geller's character. The seventh sister. The seventh sister. They were they were chasing her. But I think at that point I didn't see her 
be the Ahsoka we used to see in Clone Wars, you know, at that point. You know what I mean? Because she, she was dealing with the whole being betrayed by the Jedi Order, still coping with all that, Order 66. But, yeah, I mean, I think right now the Ahsoka that we're seeing, we're kind of seeing she's kind of like the old Obi-Wan to a certain extent. You know what I mean? The way Obi-Wan, yeah. if you look at him at the Obi, the what we saw in the Obi-Wan series, from what we see there, and then what we see in the first, I mean, in the episode of A New Hope, how Obi-Wan is kind of isolated himself, doesn't really go out, people call him the hermit. I That's what I kind of feel Ahsoka's kind of a certain extent. She's keeping to herself, staying on the ship, you know what I mean? Not really associating with people as much as she normally would have back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's definitely been through stuff that we have seen and we haven't seen. So yeah, there's that. And Grease Outpost says she smirks a lot at Sky Guy. Yeah, I, I, that's one of the things that popped up in my head. Her smirking uh, at Anakin in Clone Wars, and during the dogfight, I think when Sabine actually was was taking out some of those uh, fighters, I think she smiled there as well when she was flying the T six in the yeah, episode, show bit. episode three. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I could totally see that. So this weekend, Ray actually attended a convention by himself. He didn't take me. Um, Galaxy Con in Austin, which looks to happen uh, every year, Labor Day weekend now. So, Ray, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, it was a pretty fun show. Um, they had a, The guest lineup was phenomenal. I mean, I haven't seen a couple of these people do very many conventions like David Boreanaz hasn't done a convention very, very, very often. Um, and of course they had, you know, we had Stephen O'Mell coming to Star Trek cast. Uh, the, the two that are not on here um, is the voice actors who played um, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan and Anakin were there. Uh, oh, they really? Were they were? Yeah, they were there. They and they're not on the, on the picture? No, they're not. I mean, you see the cartoon part of them, but you don't see their actual oh, okay. on the top. But they were wow. there. Their line was ridiculous. Uh, oh, wow. They had long, long lines. Um, it was cool. It was a cool setup of the event. Uh, the vendors, they had a bunch of vendors. Um, they had a couple of, of course, you know, we had um, people selling Star Wars helmets there, uh, customized Star Wars helmets. Of course, we had the Star Wars groups there as well. Yeah, um, first. Revival first. Um, the guests were great. They were so, I, I mean, I got lucky to got to take pictures of them, you know, with fans. Uh, Wesley Ship, John Wesley Ship, you know, from Flash. Yeah. Um, Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. And then Emily, <laughs> um, who plays Felicity and Arrow, you oh. know, autographing for fans. Um, it was an awesome show. It was fun um, getting to walk around the floor and seeing fans dressed up. Um, it was a definitely fun show. I hadn't been to Galaxy Con before, so that was the first time I had been there. They took over because at that Wizard World was doing theirs around this time frame before. They would do September, October-ish. Um, but Wizard World, of course, got bought out by Fan Expo. So... It was a cool convention, man. It was definitely fun. Uh, of course, they had Mike Tyson there. Ric Flair was there. Um, it was just fun overall. 
of course, you know, yeah. us, you know, what we go for, we go to network. Um, so I got to talk to some of these, you know, agents and try to, you know, once the actor stride is over, we can probably try to get them on Star Wars stuff podcasts. Um, pretty much it was just a fun event, man. Galaxy Con's the one I wish I would have been able to go to because that one has been going on for years. Um, that one, man, it, it it's like a party in itself. You mean you Dragon mean? Con? Dragon Con, I'm sorry. Yes, okay. Dragon Con. Um, they have a parade they do. Yeah. Um, if people don't know what about Dragon Con, I mean, it's a group of hotels that are like literally close together and they rent pretty much the whole it's just everybody who dresses up in cosplay i mean they come out with crazy costumes um how much do you know about dragon con dave well i was about to talk about it that's gonna okay, be a okay. segment of the show so yeah as we've been promoting for weeks and weeks now uh seven of us on the podcast we're at dragon con and hopefully if you went to dragon con in atlanta georgia you ran into them and i'll share some pictures here that uh, they have uh there is cap star colin hunter christian and josh they're posing in front of hunter's astromech droid that he built from scratch uh in atlanta i believe hunter drove colin drove along with his wife brooke and the rest of them flew and they're actually either in the air right now, flying back home or waiting in the airport. So uh, safe travels, everyone. And it's actually Hunter's birthday. So happy birthday, Hunter. He was born on uh, Labor Day, actually. So Nice. Yeah, super cool. Um, and there's other pictures here that uh, Colin sent to me. I believe that's Colin in, the, in his TK as a stormtrooper. And he's holding up the uh, 100,000 credit reward for Max Rebo there. <laughs> and yeah like ray said it's a big party it's it's several hotels connected together uh via skywalk and it's just a big party and i believe this is um ray's friend uh ray from michigan um doing a max revo cosplay which we we welcome that here um also uh there's a lot of other pictures that were taken um there's colin and his anakin along with you can see christian there as obi-wan along with Cap as Rex on the left-hand side. Then next to her is Star. And I believe uh, next to Colin, that is Hunter. And maybe next to Christian, that's Josh. Um, so, yeah. Um, they took multiple different costumes. All, all these people here that I'm talking about do our commentaries on Patreon. They do Clone Wars. They do Bad Batch. They did the whole series for Bad Batch. Huge Bad Batch fans. Um, and also, um, they're doing commentaries on all the new animation that that's drop that will drop in the future. So, yeah, definitely that's that's a big bonus uh, to be a patron member, to, to listen to them. And they're experts. They, they're really into that part of Star Wars and, and cosplay, of course. And here's another picture of uh, Christian and Anakin Skywalker there. And Colin actually met the founder of the 501st there at Dragon Con. And he should be a guest in the near future on one of our podcasts. Nice. And yeah, I just want to give a shout out to uh, to Hunter again, uh, as it is his birthday. And uh, we've known each other for a little while. Colin posted this on his personal page um, all the times that they've spent together. And Hunter's from Michigan. And uh, Colin's been a friend of his for a while. 
and uh, he is on the podcast and he does lots of commentaries. So the other really special thing about Dragon Con that occurred um, involving Hunter is the fact that is the fact that he met Claudia Gray, and the way he was able to meet her in person was the way Colin I think described it, and I hope this is okay to talk about uh, <laughs> uh, because this is this is a really big deal, guys. Um, Hunter entered a raffle or a giveaway. Uh, to win various things. And I think his girlfriend and himself spent a lot of money, did a lot of entries, so they spent a lot of money for this. I think they won a couple of things, but the big thing that Hunter won was the fact that he is now going to be able to name a planet in Star Wars canon in the next Claudia... um, Claudia... um, I'm forgetting her last name for some reason now. Uh, help me out, Ray. Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray novel um, upcoming in the future. So, yeah. Hunter's going to be able to name a, a planet that's going to be canon. This has actually happened before without the raffle piece because I think Christian Harloff got a planet named after him. So, uh, Claudia Gray is very interested in naming planets after people. So, uh, nice. There you go. And we don't know what Hunter is going to choose in the end. It might be after someone else, might be after himself. But, I mean, that's that's a spectacular thing. I think if I had the option, I'd definitely name a planet after myself some way, somehow, so that my name continues into Star Wars canon for into perpetuity. So it never dies. Um, so, yeah, super exciting. I'm super happy for that guy. He works very hard on... Um, his side Star Wars career, you saw that he uh, created that droid, uh, that droid from scratch. Um, and uh, he's on the podcast and he knows a lot about Star Wars and um, super excited for him. So what do you think, Ray? What would you name your planet after? Man, that's kind of hard, man. And what would you name it? I don't know. I mean, part of me. I don't know, even though like me and my father have the same me and my dad have the same name. Um but somehow maybe I think my, your last name would be a good name. It my, it sounds yeah. It's hard to pronounce, man. People can't pronounce it. So I don't think so. It, people, unless you want unless you want to pronounce it in well, Spanish. In Spanish, yeah. In Spanish, the way it's pronounced is Tarazas. Um yeah. people who pronounce it in English is Tarazas. Um but the name is unique. It's not, you know, something you see every day. Um, but I don't know, something that I guess my father, I guess, something that would kind of have his name into it to a certain extent. Um, probably what I would try to do. But to come up with the name, I would have to figure out like how to incorporate it to have, you know, remnants of him in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, what about you? What would you, how would you do I, it? I thought about it. And I mean, my, my first name, David, I mean, that's, that's so bland. My last name is Lozano. Um, to me, that doesn't have the ring. Maybe my, my mother's name, my mother's last name. Um, and my mother's first name, which is very, very kind of spacey. My mother's first name is, or was Aurora. 
and then her last name was Urias, which translates to Uriah in English. So it's, I, I believe it's from the Bible. So U R I A S. That sounds very much. See that, that fly that sounds... for, for planet for a planetoid. So yeah. I think that'll work. But seeing Lozano as a planet that would be kind of odd to me. But I don't know. <laughs> That's just me. I mean, I, I've lived with that name for 42 years, so that's <laughs> it. So, yeah, I'm looking at the chat here. There's a, Thanks, guys, for, for putting in so, mon- so much stuff in the chat. Um, so, yeah, this Facebook user says, name it after one of my kids, probably. That's what they would do. Yeah, that, too. Yeah, that's a possibility. Uh Eddie Raleigh says, a uh, friend of the show says, that's awesome. I met her a few times. She's great. I can't remember. But one of those posters I left on a bench when I met you for lunch may have been signed by her. Uh, oh, so, yeah, nice. I met Eddie, um, I think, in Orlando when he had a, I think he had a poster tube. He left it somewhere. Dang. Um, and, yeah, he forgot about it. And when he went back, I think it was gone. So, yeah. So, somebody's got a signed poster. Possibly, yeah, of Claudia Gray. But yeah, and speaking of planetoids, I know I have a graphic here. Uh, someone basically took the end sequence of Ahsoka and was able to translate uh, the language. The language isn't Arabesh, it isn't Mando, it's something else. But they were able to use code-breaking techniques to figure out what each letter is. And if you look closely, you can see a lot of familiar planets out there. Some closer to each other than I think we originally thought. Like, if you look at the top right, you see Lafal and Mandalore, which are kind of close. Uh, you see Corellia, Duro, the home of the Duros, which are some of the aliens that you've seen in um, as far back as the New Hope. Uh, Cato Numoidia, where the Numoidians are from, uh, the Trade Federation guys. Uh, Pasana from Rise of Skywalker, the Corellian Run, uh, the smuggling channel. Cetos, where we're currently at, that's uh, surrounded by uh, a space well there, a Purgle. Also on the left hand, you see Yavin and Dathomir located kind of close. Coruscant, Odin, which of course goes back to the whole Norse mythology with Balin Skull, Shinhati, uh, Marak. And there's a planet right next to it where there's a question mark because they couldn't figure out that letter. Then Ona. And then of course you have Peridia where that's the prime destination where we're thinking that Thrawn's located. So good job by whoever did this. And I saw this a couple of weeks ago, but um, this graphic wasn't created yet, but someone figured it out. I think pretty much after the first show. So good on them. Yeah. I was watching it and I, I part of me was trying to like slow it down when at the end of the episodes, cause it would at the end of the episode is playing that with, kind of playing to me like game of thrones theme music as you're watching it um but of course if you don't press next right away it'll switch over to the next thing that's showing yeah i hate that man yeah i don't know why they do that i just let it play to the end and then switch over i don't know why it has to pop up with that thing at the end of it but yeah so you don't press it fast enough and it just automatically goes to the next show or whatever yeah, it should be the opposite of what it is to where it doesn't automatically go to like a small screen and then yeah. show you what's up next. It should give you like a button to hit to go to the next thing rather exactly. than advertising the next. But I mean, it is advertising. So pretty much you kind of see why why that's the case. 
So someone just called us nerds, and then they said, just kidding. Okay, thanks. (laughs) So I think that's pretty much it, uh, all the topics we have. Uh, Tomorrow, like I said, is the next Ahsoka episode, uh, episode four, halfway through the season. So, Did you want to mention about um, a convention that we're going to probably be going to? uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't have any graphics for it, but it is... uh, Oh, okay, cool uh giganticon so uh, you can see there on the screen if you're watching us on youtube facebook or twitter uh, jennifer beals is going to be there and of course we all know her as what was her name <laughs> in the book of boba fett she was the twi'lek she was the owner of the bar that uh, max revo died in again um no, I'm talking but yeah she was in flash dance book of boba fett book of eli i didn't even know she was in book of eli four room swamp thing chicago code the prophecy two Taken. I didn't realize she was in Taken. Uh, Law and Order, Organized Crime. Everyone's been in Law and Order. Uh, Night Shift, The L Ward, and many more. Yeah, so this is her first convention she's ever done. Oh, wow. She's, she's never done a convention, so this will be her first con that she's doing, which we'll be lucky to be there, so that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, we're going to talk uh, to her, Ray. Yeah. But unfortunately, we can't interview her because of the actor strike, so exactly. we're not going to be able to do that. But I'll just tell you guys this. Everyone that's listening, everyone that's watching, all these conventions that Ray and I have been going to, we've been talking to the celebrities, and we've been able to um, acquire uh, ways to contact them for future interviews. So... There's going to be a point in time when we're going to be interviewing a lot of these celebrities, hopefully. Um, yeah. The Vanessa Marshall interview that we advertised kind of heavily fell through because of the actor strike. Yeah. And that's the only reason why it didn't happen. It She rescheduled, but she rescheduled into the um, start of the actor strike. So we kind of missed her there. But we have a lot of stuff coming up, a lot of exciting new guests. And um, yeah, stay tuned for all that. Oh yeah, when I was at uh, Austin, guys, too, um, one of the writers who was writing the current, uh, who was writing the Mandalorian comic, I uh, made in contact. I'm contacted with him, and he's definitely wanting to come on the show. Same thing with the artist who's actually drawing in the comic as well. So, you know, we just got to line up the times and get him on the show and talk to him about it. Working on the Star Wars comics, he also worked on the Lando comic. So, we're gonna get that get into that too as well. So, comic stuff as well. There's a lot more stuff that we're working on as well. Yep, there sure is. And also look for a really big podcast about Dragon Con. I know Cap, Star, Colin, Hunter, Christian. Um, who am I forgetting? Josh, um, Brooke, seven people from the podcast went to Dragon Con. I'm sure they have a ton of stories to talk about. It'll be on Patreon for sure. We might release it to the general public. Um, they're going to figure that part out. But yeah, when they do, it should be should be fun. They've done a lot of fun podcasts where it's like seven people on the screen and they're all talking about stuff. So, yeah, look for it uh, soon whenever they can record because, like I said, they're they're all on their way back home. So, yeah, Grease Outpost says uh, see you all there. So we should be seeing him. And, uh, yeah, if you uh, spot us out there in Colleen uh, at Giganticon, um, we might have some swag for you. So look out for us. Yeah. And, um yeah, before we go, I just want to tell everyone thank you. Thank you to all the awesome support we get from Patreon. And if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, hit the notify bell. Uh, we're on Instagram at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. We're on Twitter 
uh, at Stuff Pod. Uh, we're also on Thread at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Uh, Patreon, you can go to Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187 and subscribe there. Uh, TikTok, we're there as well. You can just search up Star Wars Stuff Podcast. You can email the show at Star Wars Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook group and a page, Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Uh, also, you can go to Apple, write a great review, um, and give us five stars. Also on Spotify. Uh, lots of listeners on Spotify. Thank you. I think that's our preferred place uh, for you to listen to us at uh, is actually on Spotify. Oh, and we also have a website, StarWarsStuffPodcast.com. We have a few articles up on there. I'm about to put one up about Katie Sackoff. And um, that's pretty much it, guys. So is there anything else uh, left that you want to say, Ray? Uh, no, sir. Just get ready for tomorrow night. Yeah. And we will have a pre-show. We'll have a post-show. We're going to have different hosts on. I think Colin said he'll be able to make the post-show uh, after he uh, takes his nap from Dragon Con. So thank you so much for listening and watching. For Ray, my name is David, and may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs>